Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God for you, you and especially you. At this time, it is a great honor and a privilege to introduce a son in the gospel whom I am very proud of. It's funny how God begins to plant sons in your path and surely he is a son. And he led us to know that he was going to school for ministry and he had answered the call that God called him. And because he answered, we want to make sure that he's prepared. Amen. There's no place like home Amen. to get prepared. Amen. How many of you know that you'll learn some things, some things at home that the street won't be able to teach you? Amen. But when you learn it at home, you're prepared for anything that the street throws at you. So today we are grateful to be able to present to some and introduce to others. This is the first time he's really spoken in this capacity. And we're going to see how well he has studied. We pray that he doesn't pass out at the pulpit. <laughs> Because if it does, we're going to make that video go viral. <laughs> but I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. It's, it's a wonderful thing to see maturity come through the body of Christ. God said that he would do it. He said he would raise up a generation that will not bow, but that will obey. Amen. And we are grateful for a generation that's coming up that will obey. Amen. That is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ that is answering the call and the heed of not only salvation, but the work of ministry. So we are blessing him today. We thank God for where he's come from. We thank God for where he's going to. We pray that you just give God a great big God bless you as we receive at the pulpit, Minister Theodore Peterson. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Uh, there we go. Good afternoon, church. You may, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. First and foremost, giving honor to God who's the head of my life, um, thanking him for this opportunity to be able to speak. I know that when you have the opportunity to present about God, that is not something that should be taken lightly, and that it's a great privilege and an honor to be able to stand before you on this afternoon. Second of all, I would like to thank my bishop, James Bryant, for allowing me to speak um, to you on this afternoon. Also to the ministers, to the mothers, to my family, to my wife, thank you for your support and thank you for your love. So I must say it was funny that 
Bishop actually called me two weeks ago and said, uh, did Robin tell you that you have a speaking engagement? And I said, uh, no, she did not. Oh, you was Well, anyway, I'm getting to that part. So he called me and um, he said, yeah, you have a speaking engagement. I said, well, when is it? What am I speaking about? He was like, well, you're gonna be speaking for Youth Sunday. I said, oh, okay. I said, um, who, whose idea was it for me to speak? No, he said, we was talking and your name came up. I said, well, whose idea was it? I said, was it Greggy? He said, no. I said, uh, which birdie told you? He said, I know the birdie's name. It just so happened that that little birdie was uh, Minister Dendy. But uh, nonetheless, um, it, it's something that's been, I've been running from, from a long time. And it's funny because I completed one semester of seminary last year, um, but I decided to take some time off to really grow. Um, I, I've said to my wife that completing my master's in counseling, it stirred up my issues. But being in seminary, it makes you deal with your issues because seminary is not something that you can just move through quickly or, or, or just any old type of way. You really have to be grounded. You really have to be serious. And um, I decided that, uh, you know, right now is, is not the time, but I'm still doing the work nonetheless. <sighs> so when I told that, was told that it was going to be Youth Sunday, I wanted to come up with something that the young people could relate to, but as well as the older seasoned saints, as we like to call them. But before I, I do that, I'm just going to say a prayer. Gracious and Heavenly Father, just thank you for this time. I just ask that your presence continue to dwell in this place. I ask that you just touch in each and every person's heart. I ask that you touch their minds, oh God. Open up their ears and their hearts to receive your word, oh Lord. Allow me to decrease, oh God, and you increase in me, oh God. Remind your people and remind me that it's not about us, but it's all about you so that you may get the glory and the honor in the end. God, I ask those that you bless those that are not here. I pray that you just reach out to them right now. These things I humbly pray in your son's Christ's name. Let God's people say amen. I won't be before you long, but if you have your Bibles, I would like for you to turn to John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, as well as 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. When all have it, please say amen. Just out of reverence and respect, can we please stand for the word of God? In John 3, verses 16 through 18, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his, world into the wor send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, 
because, he's had, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 reads, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. My brothers and my sisters, if I had to give this a title, I would say, who's your superhero? Who's your superhero? As a 31-year-old male, many of us have fictional superhero characters, which you can identify with. For me personally, my favorite superhero was Batman. The story of Batman begins as he's out, on a, he's out with his mother and his father, and I believe they're coming home from the movies. But on that night, as they're walking home, they walk through an alley. As they're walking through an alley, they're approached by a mugger. In addition to the mugger robbing them, he also killed his parents. At the young age, Batman tragically witnessed his, his parents being murdered. At a young age, Batman realized that he wanted to embark on this journey to become a crusader against crime. He traveled, he learned uh, different skills, he learned forensics, criminal justice, martial arts, and upon his return to the city, which we known as Gotham, he came across street thugs and, and vigilantes and, and many different enemies. But in addition to that, he was beaten by the very people he intended put to, to protect, and he barely survived his first night out. As he was sitting in his study, he was thinking of ways to change his identity. Just then, a bat crashed through his study window and gave him the inspiration in which he became, in which we know the character as Batman. Established a secret headquarters beneath his mansion, Bruce became Batman, a dark knight to protect Gotham and its citizens from criminals and thugs. Alfred Pennyworth remained his confidant, tending to, tending to injuries and offering sage advice, whether requested or not. For those who are not interested in Batman, we have plenty of other fictional characters such as Superman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, you name it, whoever it is that you like, it's your preference. But I came up with this concept because it, it, it makes me think of our different life experiences that we go through. All day, yesterday I was home all day and my wife and I was watching the Yonla Von Zant fix my life. And I've noticed over the course of watching it that I saw a, a regular pattern. <laughs> and the pattern was that people never the adults that were on the show never dealt with their past issues. See, a lot of times, and I'm speaking from experience, a lot of times we mask our feelings. We bottle them up on the inside because we don't like to deal with the truth. We don't like to deal with those things that are hurtful. And like Lady actually said something because I, wanted, I want everybody to place their hands on their heart and I want you to declare and decree 
that you are loved? Because God loves me. Because he created me in his image and in his likeness. I am loved. So as watching the show, there was a 43-year-old male who suffered a heart attack. He was married to a woman for five years, and they've been together over the course of 10 years. But to be so young and suffer a heart attack was shocking. Come to find out, as watching the program, this man was molested at the young age of eight years old. In addition to him being molested, his sister was also molested as well. But in spite of all of that, he never dealt with it. So he moved on throughout life, trying to figure it out. So it got to a point on the show where he realized that he didn't know who he was. He didn't know his identity. And because he didn't know his identity, he couldn't be the best husband that he needed to be for his wife. And because she didn't know her identity, she couldn't be the best wife she needed to be for her husband. As we look in the text, in John, John is the last gospel, and it's not a part of the synoptic gospels, but John, Jesus is speaking in John to Nicodemus. Nicodemus has some questions in trying to figure out who Jesus is. And Jesus confidently says to him, in order for you to be accepted, you have to be born again. Nicodemus asks the question and says, how can I be born again? I'm already alive. And Jesus kind of said to him, no, brother, you got this thing messed up. See, let me break it down to you. Unless you accept me into your heart, unless you accept me into your life, you will not be born again. You will not see the kingdom of God. I'm just so thankful and I'm so grateful because I'm thankful for the support. I'm thankful when I, when I, when I look at the mothers, Mother Simmons, who can just get up and, and just praise God without ceasing, and, 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 and the like lady who can just pour out her heart in spite of going through what she's going through. I'm so thankful and grateful to, to have models that I can see. This by no means is no easy journey. But more importantly, the youth. You see, I realized that in watching the show, that the issues didn't begin when he was 43, the issues began when he was eight. The issues began when he was Naeem's age, Naziah's age. We have a responsibility to the youth, to protect the youth, to lead the youth, to guide the youth. Bishop says this all, all the time. Proverbs 22, verse six. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We have a responsibility. But I can't even fault the parents, because as parents, if you never dealt with your own issues, <laughs> how can you teach your own children? I realized that a lot of things are generational. There was another lady that was watching on the show, Evelyn Lanzada, who was married to Chad Ochocinco. And because she dealt with her issues, her mother never dealt with her issues. So 
because her mother never dealt with it, she modeled what she saw in her mother. But because her mother's mother never dealt with it, she modeled what she saw in her mother, and it just kept going and going. But it all gets to a point in our lives where we have to make a decision. Like I said in Second Chronicles 7.14, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal the land. My brothers and my sisters, we have a choice. Are we gonna take the red pill or are we gonna choose the blue pill? I think a lot of things that are going on in the world, it's not because it's the enemy. Yes, or we don't know the enemy exists. It's sin. People have their own agendas. People have things that they want to do. Me personally, I, and you can ask my family in here, they can attest to that, including my wife. I grew up with the attitude where if it wasn't done Ted's way, then I wasn't doing it. I had to have some type of incentive to become motivated, whether it was work, whether it was for school. If you presented something that I did not like, I wasn't doing it. Now, it cost me some repercussions in the end, but that's the mindset that I had. My grandmother and my aunts used to always tell me that if you have a nasty attitude, people are not gonna wanna be bothered with you. You push people away. It wasn't until I made a decision to do right, to live right, to stop being afraid, to be humble, to make those difficult decisions, to walk in my authority. The moment I accepted God in Christ and made a conscious decision to really follow him, doors started opening. In 2016, for some, it was a challenging year, and yes, it was a challenging year for me, but it was also a blessed year. Through God, I was able to complete my master's degree. I was able to work a full-time job while holding a 20-hour-a-week internship while planning my wedding. Nobody but God. I stand here today to tell you that sometimes you have to be your own superhero. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself and look at yourself in the mirror and say that I am love, that I am accepted. No matter what I've been through in my past, no matter what they said about me, no matter how much bad they talked about me, I am somebody. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus because he loves me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you have to make a decision. In Romans 12, 2, we are reminded, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may pr prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You have to make it up in your mind first, and then your actions will follow. The moment I decided to follow Christ, I must say, Bishop, this has been a, a challenging week, none the least, to say the least. I found myself being confused. I found myself not being able to sleep. <laughs> but when I least expected it, at 7.35 on Friday evening, I get a call from Reverend Reed. 
And not to be funny, but Reverend Reed never called me. Reverend Donna Reed calls me and says, Brother Ted, good evening. I said, good evening, Reverend Reed. She said, um, I just want to tell you to be encouraged. She said, you've been on my heart and you've been on my mind. She said, I can't be here on Sunday because I have to work, but I just want you to know that God's got it. <laughs> she said, before you go speak on Sunday, you and your wife pray together because where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there in the midst. So on yesterday, I was supposed to see some clients. I ended up canceling my schedule. I ended up cleaning up my house, my apartment, getting my house in order, physically, spiritually, and mentally. I smoked out the house, I lit my candles, and my wife and I prayed. But as we prayed, there was a sweet scent that flowed through the apartment. And when I woke, when I got out the shower this morning and I stepped into the hallway, I still smell the remnants of the smoke. <laughs> I said, thank you, God. <sighs> Can I be honest with you guys? <laughs> These past eight months, as a married man, have been a blessing, but they have also been very challenging. I've dealt with things in my life that I've never dealt with before. My wife and I experienced some things that, we, that I've never experienced before. And nobody knows because it's nobody's business to know. Only God knows what that is. And when that time comes, you will know the story. But I'm so thankful and grateful for God's love. I'm thankful for his patience. I'm thankful for his grace and his mercy. Making a conscious decision. Being honest. So, few weeks ago, my wife and I had an eviction notice on the door. <laughs> Until I became honest with myself and decided to deal with <laughs> the issues within my finances and be a stewardship and be the head and leader of my household. So I'm man enough to say, you know what, babe, this is what we're going to do. Not to be funny, but I make more money. But you're good at delegating and paying things out. See, because I've never been on my own, my wife's been on her own since she was 17 years old. So she already knew how to pay bills. She already knew how to manage a place. Me, I didn't move out until I was 30 years old. And even though I contributed to the household, it's not the same as being out on your own and being independent. So we got the eviction notice. My grandmother didn't know, Kim didn't know, nobody knew. We prayed and said, okay, what do we need to do? Spoke to the lady, had a court date, everything. Long story short, 
My wife said, this is what I need from you. I gave it to her. She took care of it. We went, got a cashier's check, and we're still in our apartment. I share that not to share my personal business, but to say that you have to make a decision. You have to be honest with yourself. And when you're honest with yourself, that's when God is able to step in. That's when God is able to say, <laughs> I got this, son. I can take over now. Because you submitted your will, and you allow me <laughs> to step in. I said, God, I never thought I would be in this place. And I know that Bishop said that it was going to be some good days. And I know Bishop said it was going to be some challenging days. But I remember Bishop telling us that marriage is not about love. Love is a part of marriage. Marriage is about commitment. At the end of the day, when I go home, will I still find my wife? At the end of the day, when she comes home, will she still find her husband? I'll never forget that. I remember like it was yesterday. Having some conversations with, with, with First Lady. You, sometimes you can just feel it. You don't even have to say anything. Sometimes you just, can, you just know. You, you, just, you just know. <clears throat> clean up. It's time to clean up. For too long we've been sitting down. For too long we've been playing church. And I'm not speaking about you, I'm speaking about Theodore Peterson. You have work that you have to do. The moment you get yourself out of the way, God can step in. But as you, if you keep living in your world, there are people that are going to keep falling. There's work to do. I know Minister Brian and I talk all the time, and he always says, Son, sir, there's work for you to do. There's work for you to do. There's people that are depending on you. There's gifts that's in each and every one of you. And until you make up that, your mind to really follow and serve God, there's other people's blood that's going to be at the loss of you. But you know what? I'm tired of running. I'm tired of living any old type of way. I'm tired of having my own agenda. I'd rather just much really just rest in the loving arms of God. And allow him to lead and guide me. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding. In all those ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So saints, know that you too can be your own superhero. Yes. Know that God is the ultimate superhero. Know that he sent his son to die, that you may have life and life more abundantly. Yes. To know that in spite of what you're going through, that God is a provider and he's a keeper. To know that in spite of what you're going through, that God loves you and he will protect you. In spite of what you're going through, that you are loved and that you are worth something. In spite of what you're going through, that you are not the head, that you are the head and not the tail. Yeah. 
In spite of what you're going through, he made you above and not beneath. In spite of what you're going through, it's not the final answer until God says so. Evangelist Deloche, tell AJ that if he ever needs someone to talk to, that I'm here. I know he's at that awkward age where he's trying to figure life out. He's trying to maneuver through some things. And as a female, you can only carry him but so far. But he needs a male influence. He needs a brother. And let him know that he has a brother right here that he can speak to, that he can reach out to. So saints, be encouraged. Know that God loves you. And know that it's not the end. Amen. Come on, let's give God some glory. Come on, let's give God some glory. Come on, let's give God some glory. Hallelujah. You know, everything is in divine order. Everything is in divine order. Everything is in divine order. Saints, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what you're a part of. Ministry real ministry occurs when we do what we're supposed to do. See, that scripture that says, I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase, is making more and more and more sense. Because it's not about us, it's about God. And I'm watching the women and the women at the well, I'm watching ministry begin to grow. I hear the men having their meetings and I'm watching ministry begin to grow. I'm watching Sunday instruction and I'm watching ministry grow. I'm, I'm seeing the, the team that pulls all of this stuff and breaks it down and puts it together and I'm seeing ministry grow. I'm seeing commitment. I'm seeing development. I, I'm watching it. I, if you, the thing about being spiritual is you have to be observant. You have to watch. And, and sometimes we look for the big and it never shows up. You miss it because you're looking for this. 
and all God is gonna show you is this. And, and you've gotta be able to appreciate this because it's, it's, you'll have more of these moments than you will of these. So if you keep looking for these, you're gonna miss, you'll miss the journey, but you, 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 the, the entire garden never blooms at one time. It blooms one flower at a time. And you gotta appreciate the one flower at a time that blooms as you move through the entire garden. And I'm watching the garden begin to bloom. I'm watching ministry begin to develop in a very, in a very new way. Ministry didn't develop like this in Universal at 111, but it's happening here. It, it's happening here. It's, it's happening here. Let me, um, so, so there'll be, <laughs> say evangelism. evangelism, say discipleship. Say conversion. conversion. Say empowerment. empowerment. When we begin to build on those tenets of evangelism and discipleship, conversion, and empowerment, and then we go back and we do it all over again, and we go back and we do it all over again, and we go back and we do it all over again. Because Jesus said, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. When you are converted, there's gotta be conversion. Strengthen your brothers, there's gotta be evangelism that takes you through discipleship, because the Bible says, make disciples. Isn't that what it says, make disciples? Making disciples, conversion, strengthening and empowerment. Strengthen your brothers. You go back, you, do, you keep doing it over and over and over again. You'll find that the body not only begins to grow, but the, the body begins to get stronger. It, it gets stronger, it gets stronger. You can't get stronger unless you build relationship. You can't build relationship unless telling the story. You gotta be okay sharing and exposure. You gotta be, every now and then, you gotta expose. You gotta, be, you gotta become exposed. Every now and then, you gotta reveal something that is sensitive to you, and you wanna, you wanna be private and, and not expose it because, you, you, because pride, pride, pride does not want you to expose it because it's gonna make you wonder, what does people think about me? God is saying, tell it, tell it, tell the story, tell it. I need you to tell it because when you tell the story and you end it with God did this, God will get the glory. So he needs you to tell the story so that you can end the story, God gets the glory. Because that's conversion, that's strengthening your brothers. And, you, and you've gotta move, you gotta move through that you got to move through that process of exposure. Uh, because when we are weak, God is strong. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? So, so in our exposure, we feel weak. But God is saying, that's exactly where I need you. Because now, I can be strong. I can develop 
the person that you're talking to because they're no longer listening to your story. They're hearing my voice. But they hear God's voice through your story. I don't have to give you the intimate details. I just got to give you the point of where I was weak and God strengthened me. I don't have to give you all the intimate details of what I did. I just got to tell you that there was a point in time in my life when I was here. But now I'm, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It takes, it takes men and women to expose themselves. And, and not because I just want to keep garbage going. I'm exposing myself because there's a meaning to my story. Yes. Now realize some people are going to get it, some people are not. Some people are going to run with that piece of information and they're going to tell another story. But you don't worry about those. You don't worry about those. You, you don't worry about the folk. There's always going to be somebody that's going to lie. There's always going to be somebody that's going to steal. There's going to be always going to be somebody that embellishes on your story, and they're going to make it something that you never told. You can't worry about those. Amen. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let me tell you why you can't worry about those. Because when people are around you that really love you, they will defend you. See, you can't love me and leave me exposed. If you know something about me and it exposes me, and you allow that exposure to linger and not tell me, Bishop, you're exposed, then you don't love me. So somebody says, ooh, Ted and Claudia, ah, ah, you should, no, 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 hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, you can't talk about my brother and my sister like that. Ooh. Oh, 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 we, you, mm, mm, nah, you, don't let me find out that you, you spreading rumors and lies about my brother and my sister, because then me and you got to, and that's how iron sharpens iron, that's how we hold each other accountable in the story, because then people know how far they can go when they are telling something about, So make sure when somebody comes to you with something, if it's something that exposes the person and leaves them vulnerable, you gotta go tell them. Yes. It's not about gossip. Yes, don't tell them, don't tell them. I, see, that's when, that's, when folk tell you don't tell, that's when you know you're supposed to tell. That's the link. When folks say, don't, don't tell nobody, that's when you got to examine what it is that they're about to tell you and say, is this leaving somebody else exposed that I love? 
Because if you love them, you protect them. And if they respect their relationship with you, they know how to handle. I'm not supposed to share this information with you because it is confidential. But I also want you to understand that you're exposed and you need to check that. And they will go, thank you. That's how love does. See, the Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love. I'd rather you tell me the truth in love than tell me you love me and never tell me the truth. We thank God for the word today. Two awesome scriptures. For God so loved the world. And if my people, you all are on a wonderful journey. I am so excited. So excited. So excited. Because God is going to do great things through you. Great things. Great things. Because you have a heart that seeks God. And the Bible says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And because you keep questioning whether you're getting it right, God is going to go, go ahead, you got it right, you're good. He's going to keep, keep, keep. Because you keep questioning, it keeps your heart humble. Stay the course. That's all I can keep telling you. That's all I keep saying. Stay the course. 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 Just stay the course. No, it's not going to be easy. I ain't going to even lie to you. It's going to get worse for it get better. But I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when and as you are converted, as you learn life's lessons, strengthen your brothers, strengthen your sisters. Because he will raise up a generation, he will raise up a nation that shall obey. God calls these the sons of God. Now that's daughters too, but he calls them the sons of God. As many as believed, it says to them, he is called the sons of God. Born, not of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What you will birth is of God. I know that God has got his hand on you. And I have nothing to do with that. This ain't a bishop thing. This is a God thing. God got his hand on you. And it's fine. Because who can pluck you out of, who's that bad? <laughs> Nobody. Who can pluck you out of God's hand? We are proud of you. We are proud for you. We are thankful for your message and your ministry. Continue to study. Continue to show you thyself approved of working that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Continue to minister to and with your wife. Continue to minister to your husband. You walk as one, no longer twain, one. As long as you are shining light, 
God will continue to shine through you. Know that I love you immensely. And I'm proud to call you son and daughter. Proud. 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 Come on, give God some glory.